0: Welcome back, podcast listeners. Welcome. This is your host, Indra, with Aikido Talks. Today, we are going to go and talk about Queen Amanarenas. I know. Have you ever heard of her? She is an amazing queen diplomat warrior from ancient Africa in the kingdom of Kush and we're going to talk a little bit about her today hope you all are listening to this podcast safely in good health hope your families are doing well this shall give us something so before I begin so this this of course what I'm about to read from this book um, it is actually from a young reader. Any of us can, you can definitely Google her, and there's a whole series of references to this amazing queen who who defended her people, and it's really important because this is what all of us or any of us can do with, with the things that we know, that we've been wise into over our years, and... Related to Aikido, of course, we're talking about, you know, defense. Uh, Aikido is a martial art. The special thing about Aikido is it's the art of peace, but it's, it's you know, what warriors do, right? Um, in any type of situation of conflict, you know, there's always a, a defense aspect. However, there's something significant about the ancient African societies, civilizations, in that for the years that they've run, and that they've existed, there are many years, hundreds of years that a society has existed, dynasties. Um, And it's because of the foundational currents of the land, of just, of fairness, so that everyone in the society thrives ergo many there were certain people in the society who were the scholars or people who were the learned who were able to do these things and to impart across the land Um, you can't really do learning and do these daily things if you're always in conflict Um, and this is what i've learned in reading about history when you, when you see the details of what's happened in the past and what are the answers for our future as human beings on this planet. And this is why I'm so excited when I read about Aikido and the stories of Sensei. You know, outside of the techniques, the techniques themselves also depict answers to how we are to be every day. And this is why you're urged so so specifically to practice, because without the practice, it's hard to understand what is being wanted, because with all of your senses, your whole being is swept up into the motion, which, which bears history within those movements. So without further ado, I'm going to read you an excerpt from, yes, this book is an, a young person's book, a young reader's book. Um, it's a New York Times best-selling author, Her name is Tracy Baptiste and uh, the book is called African Icons, 10 People Who Shaped History. And this book is fantastic because it has, let's see, about 10 different African notable people who, um, who have shaped history and they are not talked about. Or you might know them in different ways. Some of them will sound familiar to you, like Hannibal, Barca, Mansa Musa, I'm sure, Imhotep, Aesop. Um, but the others are lesser known. But today we're going to talk about Queen Amenarenus because um, it just has to be shown. So I want you to sit back, relax. If you're whatever time of day it is where you are, If you have a moment to relax and just absorb in this tiny bit of reading, get some tea or coffee, your favorite beverage, and kick your legs up and sit back and relax and take yourself back in time during the Queen's Rule. And let's see, as I adjust situations here, here we go. Amanirenus was Kandake of Kush from about 40 BCE. Kandake, also spelled Candace, meant queen or queen mother. Kandakes could rule alone at a time when no other country in the world had female rulers. Even Egypt's queen regents were only placeholders for future kings. Kandake Amanarenas ruled alongside her husband, King Teretekes. By all accounts, they were equals both on the throne and in battle. It was not unusual for Amanarenas to ride into skirmishes with her husband and fight at his side. The Kushite royalty were well aware of Cleopatra's death and the fall of Egypt. The pharaoh's children had been sent south toward Ethiopia, where Cleopatra hoped an Ethiopian queen would care for them. However, the children never made it that far. The people of Cush knew Caesar Augustus was looking to expand south. Augustus demanded taxes and tribute from Cush and kept attempting to push Egypt's border farther south. Skirmishes between Roman Egypt and Cush left the border in constant contest. Fortunately, the Kushites also knew that Rome had, been board, had other border problems. Arabian troops were marching on Roman lands. It was just the distraction Kush needed. In 24 BCE, after five years of fighting at the border shared by Egypt and Kush, Caesar Augustus had to turn his attention to a campaign in Arabia. Amanarenus and Terratechus used the opportunity to strategize about the best way to protect their kingdom. When the Egyptian prefect Cornelius Gallus left Egypt with a portion of his troops, Amanarenus and her husband saw their chance. They mounted a preemptive attack against Roman Egypt. Now, I'll pause here for a minute. Don't you notice how interesting this is that the king and the queen, but they are working as a team. So this is something excellent for us in this modern time to really note that there, this couple, it was a couple that was quite successful working together as a team. Let's continue. The king and queen rode north with their army, bringing the fight to the Egyptian cities of Cyan and Philae. The attacks were a surprise to the Romans, but Roman troops were disciplined and deadly. They struck back, not content to sit on the sidelines, call the shots. Calling the shots, both Amenarenas and Teretecas fought in the thick of the battle. In one of their early clashes, the king was fatally wounded. Undaunted, Amenarenas had her son, Akinidad, join her on the battlefield. Together, they led their army to victory, destroying the cities of Syene and Philae. They took prisoners and defaced statues that Augustus had erected to himself as they went. Victorious and defiant, Amanarenas had the prisoners of war fed to her pet lion. It was a brutal end, but one that sent a clear message to Rome that she was not to be trifled with. Let's move forward a little bit more. The Roman governor, Gaius Petronius, retaliated after the Kandakis attack, another attack. He amassed 10,000 men and 800 horses. Once again, the queen rode to face the Roman troops. Once again, she fought in the thick of the battle. This time in close combat, she lost an eye for her efforts. In close combat. Man, she was a bad bitch, huh? Well, the injury didn't stop her, but afterward, Petronius began to refer to her as the one-eyed Kandake. After this attack, Amanarenus and Petronius attempted peace talks in the city of Dhaka on the Egyptian and Kushite border late in 24 BCE, but they were unable to reach a diplomatic solution. The fighting started up again just outside the city. This time, her son, Akinidad, was struck down as he fought alongside the Kushite troops. He was taken away from the battle and into the city to be cared for, but his wounds were fatal. And I move forward into this. There's a lot to read, so I urge all of you to pick up this book, just to read something about her. We can learn something from her rule. Amenarenus negotiated the Romans' retreat out of Kush, got Augustus to rescind his order to tax the Kushites, had the Romans help to rebuild the buildings and temples they had destroyed, and agreed that the Kushites would have free passage to Egyptian temples since some of their people believed in many of the same gods. In the face of everything, Amenarenus would maintain the pride of Kush, but that wasn't all. Cush would now trade with the Romans and carry on the already existing trade agreements with Roman Egypt. It was quite a coup for Cush, given that the Romans were already existing trade agreements with Roman Egypt. It was quite a coup for Cush, even given that the Romans were already entrenched inside the Kushite kingdom. How did she do it? The Kushite part of this history, written in their own language of Meroitic script, is still yet to be deciphered. The answers are there in their own words. Until then, we can only surmise that Amenarenas was as skillful as negotiating as she was at battle. As a show of good faith, Amenarenas returned to the Romans some of the statuary that she and her forces had taken at Philae. She did not return all the pieces, however. The bronze head of Caesar Augustus remained beneath the stairs of the temple where it would be trampled daily. The Romans had no idea that she had the piece and certainly not that she was using it to insult their leader. Amenarenus increased the wealth of her kingdom by expanding Cush's existing trade network to include Rome. Cush's strength in trade grew and the next three kandakes benefited from Amanaranus' decisions. Each one reigned over a kush that had more wealth than the one before. The most prosperous period came just after the turn of the millennium, when kandake Amanitore ruled from 1 to 25 CE. In another piece online if you google they also mention or just remind us that as you see displayed in what happened she was such a great negotiator that she was able to have her her people for hundreds of years after live in peace um she was a fierce fighter but she was just um Of course, in in times of disruption, you have to show your your power. You just can't say, oh, maybe later. No, you can't do that. You have to do these things because it sends a clear message of what you're committing yourself to do. Um, And you stand by your honor. And she fought at the front. In another excerpt somewhere that you will find, I know you will, because you will be looking. She fought. She led from the front. And if you notice that any successful mission is with the commanders at front, at the front leading their people. Now, how many times can we do this for ourselves and the people that we know? Let's take a break and then I'll come right back. we're back, my dear podcast listeners. So what a tale about Queen Amanirenis, or rather Kandake Amanirenis, African Queen of Kush. There's lots to learn, and it's it's always been said that know your history, for if you don't, you are doomed to repeat it. Um, I guess the doom part is if it's a bad history and, you know, and things are happening and people want to do things. But across every line, you don't want to waste time living something that has already been lived out for you years or centuries ago by ancestors um, or other ancestors. Um, and it shows a lot of the energy and valor in it. As our times change and the world gets smaller, this is a perfect opportunity to find out what is your story? What is your story? What is your history? What did your ancestors do? And then learn about what other ancestors have done and the the wonderful things people have done in the face of adversity but this is so amazing because this is this is the blueprint for how things can be successful. Yes, you can be you can be a raw warrior and an exquisite diplomat at the same time. Right? Right. This is possible and this is not the only one. She had queens after her who ruled and the societies after her of Kush became wealthier over time. How about that? So can we say that this is impossible later in this highly technological age? Can we say that? Well, there's something that needs to be said and I think a lot of it has to do with not knowing the history. So let's begin. Let's begin to explore and find out the wonders of of humanity and hold up those stories and, and speak them out loud because this is the answer for everyone. No one has to suffer to live a good life. Life is short as it is. You know, we don't know what happens afterwards. How about if you were having to come back? Don't you want to come back in a better place? I think we all do. You don't have to answer it because we know the answer. Again, I I invite you all to, you know, google this amazing woman, an amazing ancestor of Africa and and her husband. So for those of you who are talking about couples, look for someone who can be your true partner. This is a good example. Look what they did, you know they they she and her husband got together, and they figured out what strategy to do next. We need more of those type of stories too, right? How we work together, and their son was involved too. That's an amazing family, you know. Although the ending wasn't great for his son, for her son, their son, um, and for her husband as well, but the society overall profited. They benefited from the wonderful love that she had for her people, the society. So we can all do something just great like this in our own way. But with that, until next time.